Thank you, Elena Levi, for leading us. Could we just go straight from there? Would you pray with me? Father, I just want to pause now. As we were singing that song, I was reminded how the saints of old wouldn't even say your name aloud. I was mindful of the worship happening in heaven right now of four living creatures and elders around the throne and multitudes of innumerable angels singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And here we are in this chapel. Here we are in this room, gathered together, and we declare that we are here because of you. And so, Father, I pray that in the next few moments that we have together, that your Son, Jesus Christ, the one who all the fullness of the Godhead dwells, that he would be lifted up, that he would be exalted, and Holy Spirit, that you would fill us, that you would captivate our attention, that you would rapture the affections of our hearts and that, God, that we would set our gaze upon you in unity together as your people. Lord, we love you, and we surrender to you now joyfully. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, it is so good. Uh, it is just so good to be here. Um, and I... I'm uh, just honored to stand before you this morning and uh, talk about the mission of chapel. That's our theme this week. Uh, I got to hear from the spiritual formation leadership team yesterday and kind of a candid discussion. We didn't get through um, quite a bit of what we had thought we wanted to talk through and discuss, but that's just how the meeting goes. So hopefully you saw our personalities and uh, just some of the candor and some of the fun uh, that we have, but yet how seriously we take what we do and uh, how, uh, how much we love the Lord and love you guys in the process of that. And uh, I wanted, though, to, to, to just off the bat, this talk for me personally is a little bit different in that my, my normal uh, bent is just, hey, let's, let's just take a single passage of Scripture, walk through it together. Um, and uh, I, love, that's, I love teaching that way. That's not the way everyone does it, and that's, and that's okay. Uh, but today is not going to be that. Today is going to be laying out really kind of the tracks and the trajectory of um, why are we doing chapel? Uh, why are we gathering together? Why does Northwestern make it a priority to set aside 40 minutes Monday through Friday for the purpose of our, of our community to gather together? And, uh, and so, uh, but before uh, we launch into that, um, I wanted to, I realized this morning there's probably a lot of people that, um, you know, I know that I don't know yet. There's a huge, awesome incoming class, uh, and uh, I'm still getting to know people as I have only been here for about a year. So just real briefly, I wanted just to share a little bit about myself, a little bit about my summer, um, and uh, maybe a story or two. So um, picture here, that's my lovely bride, uh, Madeline, and uh, who went to Northwestern as well, and uh, that's our little stud of a son wearing his Captain Adorable shirt, so fitting. Um, I dressed him that day, I'm pretty sure. Um, so that's Bennett, uh, and he is coming up on 16 months now, super fun. I've been chasing him around the last couple months as he's learning how to walk and fall and walk and fall and walk and fall and laugh and talk. Absolutely love it. And, um, and so I... Uh, 
highlight of this summer was uh, simply just being with him and with my wife and just being outdoors. And um, I, I'm also reminded as I look back at Northwestern, all the wonderful moments that I had. And I don't know about uh, uh, if you guys were here yesterday, um, one of the things we kind of jokingly talked about for our spiritual formation team is that, you know, what was a, an embarrassing moment you had here at Northwestern, whether it's a student, if you're an alum or as an employee. And I've had some people ask me like, hey, so what's your embarrassing moment? Okay, so I thought I'd just real briefly uh, just share a moment going all the way back to my freshman year. How many freshmen do we have here? Freshman? Okay. All right, this story is kind of for you a little bit. Um, so it was freshman year, and believe it or not, I was actually kind of a little on the shyer side. Um, I know maybe it comes as a surprise. So I was a little on the shyer side, and I was kind of getting comfortable. It was December of my freshman year, and I, I was starting to kind of come out of my shell a little bit. And there was a, a, a Christmas gathering over in Naz Chapel, and there was an ugly sweater contest, ugly Christmas sweater contest. So my roommate and I uh, plowed through a, literally a snowstorm over to a Savers, and I got the best $2 sweatshirt that I could find, the ugliest thing that I could find. It literally looked like someone ate Christmas and then threw it up on a sweatshirt. I thought it was awesome. I wore it. I was proud. I was there. They gathered the four finalists to go up front. I was one of the four. And they lined us up, and how they wanted to select the winner was by the level of loudness of the cheering when someone would put their hand over each of the heads of the four contestants. And so I was last in line, and my roommate was next to me, and they did the first person, and it was like, <sighs> kind of like how you guys sounded, you know, and like someone comes up on stage. I love the energy, by the way. I love it. Next person, <sighs> you know, just loving and freaking out. I get to my roommate, and just huge uproar, like the loudest out of the three first, and I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm, you know, I'm getting here. I'm, getting, I'm all excited, and, uh, and, and come over to me. And I'm like, literally nothing, like not even a courtesy cheer. And I'm like, uh, I, I, didn't, I literally did not know what to do. And the guy was like, he's like, do something. Get him to cheer. Do something. And so I'm like, oh, I'm like, come on, guys. Let's go. Like, I started jumping up and down, like freaking out. Nothing. <laughs> and I just kind of crept back into the shadows. And from that moment on, my, my roommate, who ended up being a really good friend of mine, uh, they called me Jeppy, last name's Jepson, so in sports they call me Jeppy. Every time it seemed, I'd be like, hey Jeppy, raise the roof, come on, yeah! <sighs> so, for you freshmen out there, don't be afraid to take a risk. Just put yourself out there. You fall flat, get back up again, keep going. Um, but no, in all honesty, so a highlight of my summer was running Grandma's Marathon, which is the second picture here. And um, don't, don't be impressed, but anyone can do it. But one of the things that struck me from this picture, and some of you have already seen this, uh, I've shared it with a you know, spiritual formation class with our student life team. Um, it's literally people as far as the eye can see. And this is right away at the start of the race. And I, it just was struck that here we have a group of, an uh, ending stream of people of all shapes and sizes, all ages and races, all on one road, lined with a support of, of people cheering us on, all heading towards the same destination, the same goal. And I thought, man, what an amazing picture of the people of God and of God's kingdom and how fitting of a picture it is to, uh, to describe, I think, the, the journey that we're on and how chapel plays and chapel is a part of that. And uh, before, before we jump into that, though, one, one last thing. Um, and uh, yeah, there's one more picture of, my, of our little man. Um, real quick, take 20 seconds, turn to the person next to you and share one highlight from your summer. One highlight from your summer. I know that was quick. That was quick. But come on back. 
Hopefully you got just enough of a taste and you can pick up that conversation in like 15 minutes, all right? So, uh, real quick, just the very base, base definition. If you were to look up chapel in the dictionary as a noun, here's what you'd find. A separately dedicated place for prayer and worship. That's good. That's what this is. If you were to Basically, it's a separately dedicated place, or in this case, a time. So this room is used for lots of other different things in this university. But this is a separate dedicated place for prayer and for worship. And interestingly enough, if you look a little bit further down, that uh, chapel, or uh, if I'm saying it right, chapeling or chapeling is actually as a verb, as a nautical term in sailing, that it's to maneuver a sailing vessel when it's taken aback by the wind by the helm alone, so by the steering wheel, so to speak, until the wind can be recovered on the original track. In other words, a little bit of an analogy to, to connect that, that chapel is a time that often life, when we gets, knocks us off track, when we get off kilter, we get taken back, we don't know what to do. Chapel is a time that we come together, we recognize that Jesus is at the helm, and we reposition our sails so that we can be carried along and we can be led by the Spirit of God. That is the purpose of why we're here. That's, that's why this time is set aside. And uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of overlap and there's a lot of similarities between chapel and the church. But I want to be very clear that chapel is not church. But I want us to notice some, of the, some, of the, uh, some descriptions of some similarities and differences. And perhaps one of the earliest descriptions of the church kind of as the very beginning, and kind of as we're beginning this year of chapel, the mission of chapel, we get a picture of the mission of the church in this text in Acts 2, 42 through 47. Now, I've, I've highlighted for us in some of the, uh, uh, the yellow words there, some of the similar, similar actions and attitudes. And it says simply this, And they, being God's people, the church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the word of God, and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. We see so what happens here. And awe came upon every soul, many wonders and signs being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking the bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being Saved, And so while there's a lot of overlapping qualities or actions and attitudes of the church and chapel and chapel here at Northwestern, the church uh, and the church, chapel cannot be a substitute for your involvement and participation in the local church. Rather, it's meant to be a complement to it. But we see while there's a lot of similarities, let me just a couple of the key differences. I would just say if there's one key difference, it's simply this, is that chapel is temporary church. Is timeless. In other words, you're only here for two, three, four years. Five at most, or maybe one, okay? Uh, church is a lifetime thing, and so allow this to help foster what it means to be a growing disciple of Christ and how you can grow and mature to be a multiplying member and disciple and participant in your local church. And so chapel here is, is, is one of the how-tos, though, of our spiritual formation. Uh, 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 here at Northwestern. And some of the slides now that I'm going to show you, if you're paying attention, you'll see them, not only you've seen them the last couple days of chapel, you'll see these all throughout the year. And so uh, we want, I want to just, dis, just, just describe and expound upon them briefly. And so first, spiritual formation. 
Here's how the student life team here at Northwestern defines it. That it's the process of responding to the love of God and humbly participating with the Holy Spirit. In being transformed into the likeness of Christ, spiritual formation reveals God's glory, enriches our lives, and empowers us to express love within the world. So a couple of key things to note here is that, that spiritual formation is a, a process and it's a journey that we're all on, but yet it's not an end in itself. Rather, it's a means to a greater end of being a multiplying disciple who participates in the fulfillment of the Great Commission with the heart of the Great Commandments of loving God and others. And notice that this is something that, that the Lord initiates and it's something that we respond. So in other words, we're never the initiators in our spiritual formation. Jesus is. God has done the initiative. He's taken the initiative. We respond. And this is an ongoing daily walk, daily relationship that's not just about you individually, but it's about us collectively as his people. And, uh, and so, in other words, chapel as one of the how-tos of spiritual formation. Some of the, the key driving um, uh, uh, values uh, of chapel um, I want to go through next. The first, uh, the, the next thing is this, that, that just the, the mission, we were here the first day, and we kind of, uh, uh, the fire drill, and we did encountering God together in community. Yeah! Um, I love how it got louder and louder and louder, okay? But that's what it's all about. It's about encountering God together in community, and man, that is something to be excited about, to have that opportunity to do. And so this is an opportunity for all of Northwestern, here's the thing, to daily gather to share in an experience of worship that engages with creative and diverse content that will encourage, challenge, and invite us to a life of faith, hope, love, and service. So here's here's the reality, friends, is that in chapel, there's going to be times of tension. There's going to be times of discomfort. There's going to be times where your personal preferences are not being reached. Yet all of that is a part of our encountering God and our further formation in Christ's likeness. So the question is, what do you do when you show up and you don't agree with what's being shared? What do you do when you show up and what's happening on the stage makes you uncomfortable? What do you do when you show up and, you know what, your style, your preferences, they're just not being hit. It's just not meaning you're, you're just not being fed. Where do you go from there? Say, on one hand, chapel is not about meeting the personal preferences of every person, but it's about fueling our collective pursuit of holiness. And so we're going to encounter things that are difficult. We're going to talk about things that maybe you haven't talked about before. We're going to experience some things and maybe expressions of worship or teaching from the Word of God that maybe are different and unlike your upbringing. And so in that idea, we recognize that as a part of a community, that these differences are necessary and they're needed. And so that's why, though, we want to have some guard posts, some guidelines, some boundaries that every single chapel is going to be planned. It's going to be formed. It's going to be prayed about. Uh, It's going to be uh, processed with these three things in mind. And the first is this, Christ-centered. That we're going to seek to glorify and experience God through content that is rooted in Christ. And I'm going to give some scriptures and just allow the word of God to speak for itself. To be Christ-centered. I love Colossians 1, 15 through 20. Hear this. It says, He, being Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him. 
He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Beloved, to sum it up, it's all about Jesus. Amen? The cross unites us with Christ, and we belong to him as sons and daughters of a perfect heavenly father. And the cross unites us to one another, so we belong to one another as beloved brothers and sisters. So all that happens in chapel is purpose to remind us, to grow us in the reality of all that Christ is for us. And all of who he is and all of what he's done. And the, and the other, and the other, the other uh, uh, guard, guard uh, just stake in the ground and value here is, the, is that we're seeking to be transformation focused. That we seek development that encourages a genuine, transformative journey. And so I, I love this, uh, that in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And so we're not after behavior modification or simply giving mental assent to theological truths. We're after a real change at the heart level. That we become like whatever we behold. So we will behold Christ. We will seek to balance explanation with experience, instruction with application, so that we will be further equipped to put our faith in action, give feet to our prayers, and fuel our continued journey of spiritual formation. And then thirdly, we want to seek to be community-oriented. That we seek to understand, love, and journey together as a part of the body of Christ. And we know this in 1 Corinthians 12. It says, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body through many, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Beloved, take a look around you right now. Do you see any carbon copies of yourself? I'm, thank goodness I don't, Okay. Lord only, world only needs one of me. But the Lord knew that. We're all a part. We all have a part. We're all a member. And every member is valuable. And so when we come together, we remember that we belong to one family, one body. We are different, diverse, and it's divinely intentional. So our differences must be recognized, celebrated, and cultivated. We are all interdependent upon one another as we are all dependent upon Christ, who is the head. And I, I have a mentor who, who says that one of the hardest parts of the Christian life is that it's so daily. And one of the similarities between chapel and, the, and, and, and uh, at UNW and the church is that I want to emphasize again that we read it here in Acts 2.42. It says that they gather together, not week by week, but day by day, a relentless with relentless regularity. They gather day by day. And so now I want to share... In the last closing moments, five aspects of what we are devoting ourselves to in chapel as we have the opportunity to gather daily. So think of these as not only five what's in terms of what to expect when you come through the doors on any given day, but more importantly, think of them as five whys of daily chapel. So each week, we're going to seek in the grace of God to unite around these five key words. A little play off of UNW, they each start with the W for the sake of uh, hopefully remembering and helping them stick. And, and so, uh, so Mondays, it's going to be uniting around the word. It's preaching that exhorts. Tuesdays, uniting around witness. It's uh, testimonies that encourage. 
Wisdom, it's uniting around, uh, when wisdom on Wednesdays, it's teaching that instructs. Thursdays, uniting around watch, it's prayer that awakens. Fridays, uniting around worship, it's singing that celebrates. And one caveat here is that these words are not rigid guides for each day, but rather they overlap and flow into one another. Every day will be grounded in the word in order to be Christ-centered, and every day will be an act of worship in order to be transformation-focused, and each day will seek to bring encouragement, instruction, and awakening in order for us to be community-oriented. And so this idea is that Mondays, preaching that exhorts, let me just say this with me, we all need daily ex- exhortation. We all need daily exhortation. We need every single day to hear from the Word of God. That the Word of God is absolutely essential to our spiritual formation. That the Bible is our, is our spiritual bread upon which our souls are nourished towards growth and maturity. And then uh, on Tuesdays, uniting your own witness, testimonies that encourage. Turn to the person next to you and say, you need daily encouragement. <laughs> However, how many of you ever get discouraged? How many of you maybe are discouraged right now? Well, don't raise your hand, but you can. So this idea is that, I have that same mentor, is that anytime you're discouraged, it means that you have a temporary loss of perspective. So how do we regain that perspective? We need to be gathered together in community. And so we regain our perspective as we gather together. We serve as a witness to what God is doing, and we give testimony to the truth about that reality. Wednesdays, we unite around wisdom. Say this, I need daily wisdom. I need daily wisdom. That learning to walk in the path of wisdom is an ongoing process, and so we're going to be doing that day in and day out. And then Thursdays, we're going to unite around watch. It's prayer that awakens. Say, point to the person next to you and say, you need daily awakening. Community. Got two more. We will behold God's face in worship-based prayer that is spirit-led and scripture-fed. And we'll also have our eye on the needs of our community, on our city, on our country, and our world, and we'll give ourselves to intercession. And then on Fridays, we'll give ourselves, we'll unite around worship, singing that celebrates. How about, let's just say, celebrate good times. Come on, right? We all need to celebrate. We need daily celebration. So there's always a reason. There's always a reason to celebrate. Because great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Amen? And so our only enduring motive of worship it is God is worthy to be praised in all, all the time, every day, for all of eternity. And beloved, you're doing so great. Stick with me in this last slide. I need, you, I need you to leave with this so that you can come back tomorrow with these attitudes in mind. And that's this. Is that the mission of chapel, that every single day in God's grace, we would seek to come humbly, faithfully, and prayerfully. That we would seek to come humbly, that we're seeking a God word and an other-centered focus. That we'd seek to come faithfully, not only with consistency, but full of faith. And I like to say faith has two sides to it. One is dependency, that apart from God, I can do nothing. But the other side of faith is expectancy, because God is with me, anything is possible. So we come with a holy expectation, and then we come prayerfully. That we, we come to connect with God in prayer, to connect with others, to pray for whoever's speaking that day, to pray for our brothers and our sisters, to pray for ourselves, that we would have open hearts, that we would have that fertile ground, that the Lord can sow his seeds and reap a harvest of good fruit that will be multiplied and reproduced and represented across um, our student body. And so, beloved, would you uh, pray with me now as we close? Lord, I thank you for this time together. Oh, Lord, it went so fast. 
But Lord, you are so good, and I pray that the mission and the heart of why we do chapel, of daily gathering together to set aside this time so that we can recognize, Jesus, that your hand is upon the helm and that our sails could be raised, that we would be positioned and postured in humility to be ones that are led by, ones that walk in, ones that live by the Holy Spirit, and that we as a community would grow this next year in being Christ-centered, and being transformation-focused and being community-oriented, all for the purpose, Lord, of our further formation in Christ towards the discipling of the nations. Father, we love you. I thank you for these dear brothers and sisters, and I pray that you would bless them and keep them today in your grace and peace. And all God's people said, Amen.